0: Welcome to Tell Me More About Co-Housing with Lynn Morstead and Kelly Soika. Co-Housing Houston is a multi-generational, community-minded group of people who share the values of connection and sustainability. We are developing the first co-housing project in Texas, in Houston, even ahead of Austin. Good morning, Kelly.
1: Good morning, Lynn. Happy Monday. It is actually a Monday and here we are. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <Woo-hoo. laughs> well, Lynn, um, I was thinking about for today, so there's there are these kind of you know truisms about co-housing and one of them um i was talking about with an explorer recently and it's these four p's of co-housing the first p is pets then parenting then parking and finally participation all the p words that are kind of conflicts that can either be interpersonal conflicts or can be community-wide conflicts but You know, across co-housing communities, these are four things that generally can kind of, uh, you know, it's places where people brush up against each other and have different opinions about things. So I thought it might be interesting for us to start to take on some of these. Mm. Um, And I know you have been thinking a lot about participation.
0: So maybe that's the first thing. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, I've been thinking about, I know when you're talking about your four P's, a lot of that is around when we've moved in. Um, because obviously we don't have many parking problems together yet, and yeah, and um,
1: I'm just fine with your um, pets because you know yeah, when and y'all, y'all you don't have in- any, and we don't <laughs> live near each other.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you keep imposing your pets on me virtually, but I'm resisting. <laughs> yeah, so that's
1: true. Um, yeah,
0: and I've just, especially the last couple of weeks, and um, we've had several get-togethers face-to-face, various things, and you know who's been able to show, who's been able to participate. And just thinking about me with an upcoming trip, and I'm going to be gone out of the country. And what does that mean for all the things I do? So anyway, I just thought it would be really interesting to dive into this. And actually, I would love to, if if the world were a perfect place, I would really like to have a broader group discussion on this. But we are always so jammed with business topics to do with legal things and building things that we just have had sparse time for these fun people topics. But, you
1: know, and I think your instinct that we're kind of like ready to start talking about it as a community is probably Mm. probably a good instinct, you know, that this is this is something that, you know, you have to have some time under your belt together because you have to have perceptions about the work that needs to be done and how it's getting done. And then you also have to have space, you know, in the within the decisions that we have to make. So it's exciting. Stay tuned because I think that probably that will be one of our community discussions coming up.
0: Yeah. And, you know, as I was thinking about this topic today, I was thinking, I just have a lot of questions and a lot of observations. I don't really have, I think we try and approach our podcast with the answers as best we can or, you know, but I think today it's all about kind of stirring up some dust and asking some questions and just musing on those. So um. Yeah,
1: but you know what though too, Lynn, Um, I would love for anyone who's listening who Mm. has questions or an opinion or how it's done in your community or anything that sparks something in you as you're listening to this, please, please, please post it on our Facebook page or post it as a reply as a comment on our podcast because we're really interested in hearing what other people's experiences are, you know, beyond our own community um, or within our own community. Hi everyone. If you're listening, like, yeah, this would be a good kind of broader conversation to have. So we'd love some input on that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I observe, um, about our different styles and it's kind of a place for me to hook into this conversation is, you know, the, the you versus me, uh, style Mm -hmm. of approaching how we do work. I, I know that I've definitely been, um, very much imprinted by my background of I remember one time about 30 years ago at work, there was this whole big philosophy around no dropped babies. You know, there had been some some study in some hospital in the northeast and they had been trying to work on, uh, you know, greater care and safety and their patient care. And somebody came up with this idea of putting a sign up, no dropped babies. And it just really stuck with me. And so whenever (laughs) I, whenever I sense in a group that I have a lot of care for, and I feel a great sense of responsibility for, I will do everything possible to thrust my body across the room and stop a baby from dropping on the ground (laughs) at much personal cost to myself. Sometimes I must say, (laughs) And, um, but anyway, I I found it really interesting working with you to help me contrast where you really have a really healthy focus on granting people the opportunity to let something fail so that we can learn from our mistakes and I thought that would be something to to just sort of open up here a little bit. Okay, I'd really like to set
1: for the record, however, especially for my children who might be listening, <laughs> that I also believe in no-drop babies. <laughs> I'm yeah. I a big fan of not dropping babies. <laughs> Friends, before you hand your infant to me, just know I will also not drop your baby. But I do think that there is, um, the, the thing isn't so much the dropped baby, it's the who is responsible for making something happen. And who is responsible for setting the definition of something happening. So one of the things that, that I notice is that, particularly in our group, um, we have a bunch of norms that were set up early, early on in this group's formation and have served us very, very well. And they have ensured that we don't have drop babies. They've ensured that we, the project has continued, that we stay on track. They're the guardrails that make sure that everything is happening. However, as our group has grown, um, it's really hard to hew to some of those sometimes, mm. you know, if you're a new person stepping into our group and trying something new, there are a lot of things that you need to be good at before you can feel like you've done something competently. So mm. sometimes I view, you know, it, when I see someone try something, it's, it is a drop baby, like they, they didn't do it right. right. But for that person, it's actually a win because they actually stepped forward offered to do something, kind of did it, or kind of did it well enough, or just did it differently than everybody else does it. But regardless, they participated, put something of themselves into the project. And that is, that is a, another way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think very few people consciously drop babies. <laughs> you know, I think really right. most people are doing their best, trying their best and, and want to participate.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm totally on board with it, where people are coming from, you know, um, that I do, I really do believe that, especially this group, that everybody is coming at this and they're bringing everything they can. Um, I just have this um, kind of, maybe it's irrational fear, but definitely a fear around us failing in the public eye, because I feel yeah. like we're very much, um, we're being evaluated, we're being, yeah. um, you know, I mean, I don't want to use the word criticize per se, but people are looking at us very critically. Maybe that's what I mean. They're looking at us very, very critically. People are trying to make a decision when we invite them in as explorers to be, and they, they participate in our meetings. We have very open, very transparent meetings. So it's all kind of hanging out there. And yeah. um, I just feel a great, I would feel terrible if we allowed some of our members to fail in front of that group and they're thereby then giving an um, explorer an impression that this group is not very well organized, not not working very well, because I think we are, but I, I just don't know how to balance those two sometimes. I
1: know. Well, okay, I'll share with you, there's this book called Parables from Nature that I read with my girls when they were younger. And there's a story that stuck with me a lot in parenting and in other things. And it's about roses, right? Cultivated mm-hmm. roses that when they you know put these, structures around these roses to ensure that the stem is strong enough for the bloom to blossom, which is, I think what we do, right? We, we put a lot of structures in place to try to make the bloom as beautiful and as consistent as possible because we want, that's one of the values of our group is to be consistently, you know, taking notes, doing things that are transparent, that are, um, you know, always the the way that people expect them to be so that they can Mm -hmm. feel a sense, a measure of comfort in what is coming out from our group, that kind of thing. Versus the story went on to talk about wild roses that just grow and they don't have any, you know, supports at all and they just blossom and they're really beautiful. And they talked about uh, like, what happens when a storm comes through? When a huge storm comes through, the wild roses just, you know, sway and bend Mm. and come back and keep blooming. And the cultivated roses just get flattened and they're just gone. And so the, you know, the the takeaway from that story is you can add a lot of structures and make something into something really beautiful, or you can create something that can withstand, is more Mm. resilient, can withstand more. So I think about that a lot. You know, uh, we want both our project to be you know, really cultivated and beautiful because like, we need a bank to give us a loan for this. We need, yeah, we want, I want to live in a place that's really well-structured and beautiful, right? Like, I don't want to live in the wild rose, but I do want those aspects of resiliency in our group. Mm -hmm. I do want people to stand up in front of our group and Feel like they've had uh, wins and losses in front of our group, and either way, that's okay. They're part of it. We're resilient. Mm-hmm. We can come together. We can, you know, forgive people for a you know, mistake that they made, um, and we can prop people up for, you know, the things that they're trying to do. That kind of resiliency.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that I I I, I love the way you describe that, and I feel very inspired by that. My challenge is always to live out those things that I'm inspired by. And oh, well,
1: um, me too. I mean, I've yeah. got three kids and I'm not exactly just like, be wild roses, good
0: luck. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it is, it, I think it's very healthy to continue to have that conversation and to be helping each other when we know that one or the other of us is really strongly trending in one of those, either the wild rose or the highly yeah. structured rose, that we really encourage each other to do that. Um, which leads me to thinking about another thing about, you know, how do we help people step forward? Because it is kind of dangerous. Like you say, those people have been around for a long time. They know how this thing runs. They, they they do things very fluidly. It's easy for them to kind of follow up on stuff. Um, And others who are coming at it new, it takes a real effort for them to just do what we might think of as the simplest of things. And so they feel they want to hold back um, these they, they don't feel like they're qualified or or that they wouldn't really have anything to bring to the party or, you know. Yeah, the, you know, we're in a weird space, I think, Lynn, because we're a forming community as
1: opposed to an ongoing right. community. Because I would say that, you know, in general, an ongoing community should have rotating roles. You know, you shouldn't have right. a 20-year treasurer. You shouldn't have, you know, somebody who's the only person who knows where the keys are, right? Like, you don't want right. that. But in our forming community, you know, even if you think about, uh, you know, a typical kind of volunteer uh, organization where you have three-year roles, like one year you're learning, one year you're observing, and one year you're the expert, and then you're, you know, in training, and then you're out, we're, we're only, we're not even three years into this LLC. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're in kind of a weird spot in that the people who had to become experts did. And they don't really have the longevity or the space yet to train other people to take their spot. And is there any reason to do it because we're going to be out of the LLC here pretty soon and we'll be into
0: a different format. I hope so. I know. Right. Fingers crossed. (laughs) I know. Yeah. And in fact, this is a little bit of a sidebar, but I do sometimes think, oh, we ought to make this little thing more efficient. And then I try to stop myself. No, we are not building a forming community to last 10 years in formation where you need to move through this quickly and move on. And, you know, there's only a certain amount of structure required, but, but still, I think
1: you've noticed, yeah, I was going to say, I think you've noticed some. um, we did like a little survey of where people's kind of yeah. participation and where their interest is. And we had some interesting results. Do you want to talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah, I, I found it very uh, interesting that people there were, two, I think, two main things. One is that people thought of themselves as participating in some teams that I didn't think they were really participating in. So to me, that I think indicates a desire that maybe yeah. we haven't really tapped into. Um, And then the other was people then projecting into the future, saying, you know, I'm not doing it right now, but I really would like to move into an area, which we didn't know either, you know, which leads me to think about how do we then, how do we embrace those people? So it's great that we got that information out. And one of the things we've talked about with the team leads is, you know, use that information as you need somebody to volunteer for something, go back and look at what people said. Because what I would notice about our group, and then maybe that's just you know normal, is that um, people, you know, they 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 don't volunteer. So I send out this uh, five on Friday email, and on the five on Friday last week, I asked for volunteers for uh, pets and um, what was the other one? Pets and uh, smoking. Yeah, we wanted volunteers for the yeah. pets and smoking policy. And and we were met with what dead silence on that. So I think all we need to do is <laughs> well, no, I've had
1: some emails since then.
0: Oh, good. Okay, okay. <laughs> For some reason, I thought we were still in the dead silent mm-hmm. mode. But I think it's incumbent on us who are really, really active is to reach out and ask people by name. I know in the church world when I have been tapped on the shoulder individually and asked, you know, I think you'd be really good at doing this or that or the other. I have, I found myself, yeah, sure, I'll do that. But if somebody had asked me in a big forum, would, would, yeah, could I see your show of hands for volunteers to do this? I probably wouldn't have put my hand up. So I think that's something that we need to remember. And, um, yeah, I think the other thing is also just, is not asking people to step forward cold. And I don't think we do this, but I think, you know, making sure that they know that this is what we would be doing is that we would be um, offering them some training, some support, some, um, you know, coaching along the way. There's a lot of things that we do here in a virtual environment that utilize a lot of technology and a lot of tools and, want to make sure that people are comfortable with those tools. And even if they they maybe can never get there on the tools, maybe one of us could help them with the tools and then so that they could actually do the piece of work that's in front of everybody. So um, I know Kelly, you had some views on this about this being my viewpoint or your viewpoint and maybe the community doesn't need to do the thing that I think it needs to do. Do you want to say something about that?
1: Yeah, well, just that you know. I think that when we sometimes it's we look That's at something and think that this has to happen, but really it doesn't have to happen. Or kind of like consensus, something new comes out of it. You know, it's something that we didn't think of, or didn't think of done in the way okay. The I'm it's gonna done or or for it to be done at all.
0: Okay, poor Kelly's having a little bit internet trouble this morning, you might hear me wandering off on my own in the wilderness is because she keeps cutting in and out. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to move us over while she's sorting out her technology to um, just talk a little bit more about some of our observations around where people have participated more heavily than others during this formation stage. We have noticed that there's really heavy participation and energy on the finance team versus some of the other teams. And we've, um, once we realized that, we started thinking, you know, that's probably because at this stage of the game, we're not living in community, as Kelly said, we're not in community. So we're not having to deal with each other in terms of pets or parking, et cetera, but the place where we really are having to deal with each other and where some of our greatest concerns are right now is the money because we're putting money into this development LLC. And so this is where people's energies are. And I, I'm, I'm hoping and anticipating that when we move into community or we move beyond the money phase of all this, that the other areas will really start to surge forward in terms of energy and participation. And that will just happen quite naturally. It won't be a matter of, of having to um, necessarily be tapping people on the shoulder and say, hey, why don't you come over and pro- participate on the process team? There's a lot going on there. Now, is Kelly back? For technology? I am live? here.
1: I can't tell okay. if you can hear me, though. I yeah.
0: know. You sound great. Ah,
1: the internet. The internet. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that I was thinking about, Lynn, too, is that it's interesting because we view marketing and process as the things that are going to be the long-term success for our community. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is truthful, not only because we say it, but because we hear that from all of our experts. Um, But our community thinks that the thing that is going to uh, make it successful is to focus on our finances. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting to me to think about how, um, when, when somebody else's viewpoint is different from your own, where is where are the places where they are are correct? and I have to say our community has come up with some really innovative financing solutions to problems that we've had, probably because everybody is over on the FLD team, and that's where the creative thinking is happening right now <laughs> you know yeah and that's okay, you know it's it's okay. it's hard because I think sometimes when I turn on my um, flashlight you know of my attention, I see mm-hmm. the things that I'm paying attention to, so I'm paying attention to. marketing of our project, I'm paying attention to um, the process, how that works. um, And I'm paying attention to our kind of meetings and what gets on our agenda and how that kind of stuff. And I don't see a bunch of other people in my flashlight, you know, but they're actually doing things. They just have their own flashlight and they're over in another part of the cave, you know, looking at at their things. And that's okay. When we put them both together, hopefully we're going to light the room. Um, But I don't actually see what they're looking at. Often, I only see what I'm doing, and that's, I think, a perspective on pers- participation that makes me try to give some grace to the people around me mm. who I don't, I don't think that they are participating, or I don't think they're participating enough, or whatever. You know, when they turn on their flashlight, they they see that they're doing things that I just am not looking at. Well, um, I
0: think I, I I appreciate that perspective. I also recognize that there are people right now who are not participating very much, yeah. and I think that is. Um, when I think about some of the people that are in my mind, I know, or I have great confidence that they are much more of a physical being present, hands-on kind of people. There's some of them, the people who want to work in the garden or want to work in the kitchen and are completely lost in this virtual zoom world, or it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, light their soul on fire. They just can't connect with it. And so for them right now, they're just kind of sitting back and waiting. And my guess is, as you say about the flashlight, that a lot of their energy, they're probably thinking about things that are going to be happening in the garden or in the kitchen and um, maybe plotting all kinds of fabulous things that I'm not even yeah. thinking about right now. Right. So that I haven't even looked at. because I'm, yeah. I'm stuck exactly. in Zoom and doing minutes and meetings. Because <laughs> I'm trying to get this meetings. Facebook post to work. Exactly. I know. <laughs> Yeah.
1: You know, I think about that, too, with the other people who are uh, participating at a really high level, too, but aren't participating Mm. in the things that I'm working on specifically, you know, and I think like sometimes when you turn on a flashlight, it can be a lonely feeling because you're the only person or you Mm -hmm. perceive yourself as the only person working in that area. And I know that in some of our areas, there are people, you know, who are really like the only person who's working on that one thing. Um, And one of the things that I find very comforting about our work is when I turn on my flashlight, you and I work together on most things. And I think that that to me feels like if you can turn on your flashlight and see the things you're working on and find a buddy who will just go there with you, that really helps. It doesn't necessarily, I think share it in in our case, I think sometimes it magnifies the load because when we get together, we come up with other new ideas that we wanna execute. So it doesn't like reduce the workload, but it definitely reduces a sense of um, it's all on your own shoulders or a sense of loneliness and working on it. Um, It makes it bearable. It makes the load bearable.
0: Right, right. There's nothing like having a buddy in it. And Mm -hmm. and I also think about um, how to lighten the load or spread the the load or help people who are in kind of knee deep right now or eyeball deep um, is to give them a permission to sit out a dance. So, you know, we have one of our members right now who is on vacation for a week and um, very intentionally said she will not be dialing in to any of the meetings during this time period or dealing with any email because the last time she went on a trip, she was on Zoom the whole time. So I think it's, you know, allowing people time to. Uh, have a little furlough week, go back and do some refreshment, renewal, and so that they can come back. And, you know, it's also <laughs> helpful because it makes us all realize just how much they've brought to the party. Cause when they're not there, you're like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. And, um, well, hopefully know, they
1: miss it too. Yeah. You know, at <laughs> the end of the vacation, they're like, well, I'm excited to go back and see what's going yeah. on. Here. I know that's sure. how I
0: felt on my breaks. You know, when yeah. I've gone off, I'm, I'm a little apprehensive leaving, but then I do come back really supercharged. Um, and then it also gives other people a chance to kind of step forward and do something maybe they hadn't done before because there's a vacuum there yeah so. yep so this but, is Lynn's grand
1: goodbye everyone because she yeah. is jetting off <laughs> I'm, I'll be here next Monday I'll be here next. <laughs> yes Monday. exactly yeah but, so then, one more week. but then that's it you'll have a little vacation then you'll come back super enthusiastic so we'll see
0: yeah 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 <laughs> well I think it's 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 maybe it's good we've answered we've you know, thrown a lot of questions up in the air. And I've done a lot of talking while Kelly was dialing in and out of uh, Zoom. So if it it sounded like uh, I was wandering off somewhere, I was waiting for my buddy to return, I'm lost without her. <laughs> um, but it just goes to show, I think that there's a season, we don't have answers for this. And there's a reason for us being here. We all have our season, we all find our place. And who are we to, you know, judge or really dig into what somebody else's season or timing is? You know, we all have different timing. I remember one time when I was nursing my child in the the pew at church and I had been very active beforehand as part of, you know, um, part of the service and now is just sitting there doing nothing. Uh, for a year. And I remember one of the very, very wise women in our group who had seven children said, you know, this is your season to sit here and nurse that baby because you're growing the next generation. So who knows what we're all nursing and doing and coming forward at different times. We will all find our place. I have faith in
1: that. Same. So everyone, if you have any, if this has sparked any ideas for you about participation or thoughts that you may have on kind of how participation works in a group like this or how people can be encouraged or how to share the load. We would love to hear from you. We have our Facebook page. And then also after our uh, podcast, you can leave comments.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks for stopping by everybody. So glad you clicked on our episode today. For more information about our project, Cohousing Houston, go to www.cohousinghouston.com and subscribe to our newsletter. For general information about co-housing, we like cohousing.org. We're really active on social media. So check out what's happening on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Cohousing Houston. See you next week. Bye. Bye